Welcome to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. With an incredible lineup of speakers, you'll dive deep into the relationship between social enterprise and faith. You'll learn about the economic impact of churches and how to pitch your community of faith to form new partnerships. Hopeful Economics is a way of looking at the world of assets in abundance and making them work for everyone. This content originated from the Hopeful Economics Unconference, a virtual event in March of 2021. Mark your calendars for March 3rd and 4th of 2022 to participate in the next Hopeful Economic Unconference. Understanding God's Economy. Money is one of the most common topics in the Bible. In this introductory session, you will hear about the important linkages and the theological underpinnings of money. The economy and existing systems aren't perfect, yet there are some important tools that can be considered differently to support social justice and equity in the world. The Reverend Dr. Patrick Garnett Dugan is an ordained clergy person in the United Church of Christ, senior pastor of the Congregational Church of South Hempstead United Church of Christ, where he has led sustained membership growth and missional vitality for over 25 years. Since 2012, Dr. Dugan has also served as Executive Director of the United Church of Christ Church Building and Loan Fund. Well, hello, everyone. Greetings. It's good to be with you at the Hopeful Economics Unconference. I want to thank Carla Leon and Edge and the United Church of Canada for having me today and going to share with you from a subject that I love talking about, God's economy. So let's jump into the presentation and get going. God's economy a theology of money and economics. Uh, and I'm Patrick Dugan, again, loving this opportunity to be with you. So I'm going to talk to you today about three things, the global economy, God's economy, and you, because all of us want to talk about ourselves, right? <laughs> um, well, let's talk about the global economy. The global economy the paradigm, the basis, the structure of the global economy is such that it is singularly focused on generating wealth. That is the aim, that is the purpose, that is the direction of the market economy in the world over. And um, it's important to grasp that. And we want to interrogate that and see where that, how that works out for the world. I, I want to share with you some uh, statistics uh, from a resource I read every year. In fact, I, I haven't read the 2020 yet. It's I'm sure it's out now. You can look for it. Credit Suisse Research Institute puts out uh, something called the Global Wealth Report every year. Uh, these statistics are from the 2019 report. Uh, so the 2020 report will be updated. And the 2019 Global Wealth Report showed that global wealth is at an all-time high. I haven't read the 2020, but I guarantee you that that uh, figure is higher uh, 
just from uh, uh, statistics that uh, we've all seen uh, this past year uh, at the top of the uh, feeding trough, if you will, the, the, the wealthiest of the global economy have made outsized gains in uh, investments and in investment gains and in growth of wealth during the pandemic. So I'm sure that this figure is even higher in the current uh, Credit Suisse report. But according to the 10th edition of the Credit Suisse Global Wealth Report in mid-2019, global wealth rose at a year-to-year rate of 2.6% to $360 trillion. That's the total of all the wealth in the world, $360 trillion. That's not income. That's accumulated wealth in bank accounts, investments, holdings, all kinds of of, of um, uh, financial um, assets, $360 trillion. If you're like me, that's a hard number to grasp in your head. I try to break it down a lot of different ways. And what I come up with is it's a whole lot of money. <laughs> and, and so at, in its aim of generating wealth, the global economy is far beyond efficient. It's, it's excellent. It's, it's superb in obtaining its objective. And in fact, as many of us know, the United States is the wealthiest country in the world. Why? Because one third of that global wealth, one third of that 360 trillion almost, uh, is in the pockets, in the in accounts and assets and investments of people and uh, people in the United States, $106 trillion. Um, and so what might seem weird is given that the United States is the richest country in the world. What is it? The, what is the hue and cry about making America great again? Some of us here were wondering what that was all about. Um, because in fact, the United States has extended its unbroken spell of wealth gains, which started 13 years ago, right after the global uh, uh, economic crisis, the Great Recession, uh, which for years impacted many, many families. In fact, the wealth of the United States never stopped growing. It was growing at a torrid pace. And, and it, with that 106 trillion in the United States, what that also means is that of the top 1% of, of people or global wealth holders, right? United, 40% of that 1% live in the United States. And in addition to those billionaires and ultra high net worth individuals at the top of the economy, there are also a high fraction of adults, of adults in the United States with wealth of above a hundred thousand dollars. We're not talking about income. We're talking about accumulated wealth of a hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred thousand below a million dollars or a hundred thousand and up to the ultra high net level of many billions. And that may not seem like a lot of money to some people, but even in the United States, a hundred thousand uh, dollars gets you a house in a lot of markets, um, and in, for the rest of the world, it's unheard of to have an accumulation of a hundred thousand U.S. dollars for much of the world. So, all those statistics together just verify the fact that, but many of us know that the United States is the richest country by far in the world. So with all this wealth generation, with the global economy doing exactly what it's designed to do, you would think that everything is just wonderful. And of course, while it might look that way, underneath 
within, if you dig down, you don't have to go that far. There's a different story. This Credit Suisse Global Wealth Report reports and their analysis that this was in 2019. This is before the global pandemic. In their analysis, the next generation, the younger generation, millennials and younger, are facing particularly challenging circumstances, even in the midst of this uh, of the of the largest wealth grain in the history of humanity. The next generation is facing some serious economic challenges: high unemployment tighter mortgage rules, growing house prices, more income inequality. They don't have the pensions and uh, the mobility of income of previous generations. This is within a context of economy that's working exactly the way it's supposed to. Now, and of course, on, by contrast, um, the inequity, the global uh, uh, in, uh, income inequality and the inequity that is often talked about uh, in many circles is growing. Hmm? And, and everyone sees that as a, a potential challenge, right? 2,100 billionaires own more wealth than about 4 billion people, uh, uh, 60% of the global population. There's something remarkable about it, depending on your perspective, that's either a great thing or a problematic thing. And I would suggest that the overwhelming statistics would say that it's not a good thing to have this kind of inequality, because in that inequality are some serious numbers. And I, I don't want to go through this whole chart. It's a, it goes on and on and on. But the point of this is the demonstration of real poverty in the world. Oh, over a billion people are in extreme poverty. 800 million children go to bed hungry every night in this country where we have generated more wealth than ever in history. And I'll give you another uh, uh, example because it's not an indictment of wealth. It's a suggestion. It's an idea of the absurdity in a, in an, in a, in an economy that has so much wealth. And this is just a meme I found on the internet. And of course, if it's on the internet, it's true, right? <laughs> well, it says that for the cost of the Iraq war, $2 trillion, we could have ended world hunger for 30 years for a generation. Well, I did a fact check on it and I found that this is only half true. So we could have only ended it for 15 years. Point is, the income inequality, the inequity in wealth has serious consequences for much of the world. And I don't think we can ignore it. Here in the richest country in the world, United States, most poor people work and are st and still can't get out of poverty. This statistic uh, uh, tells us that half of the United States, 48%, are either low income or poor by United States definitions. Uh, and, and that means 45 million people live in poverty. And that number has grown since the uh, global economic uh, uh, the, the global recession in 2008 2009 and certainly it's gonna it's it's potential to grow more as we lean into the pandemic if stimulus is uh, going to help but we don't we're uncertain as uh, what's going to happen when those stimulus checks run out and uh, the pandemic's over and uh, everybody's not yet at work 
more people are likely to fall into poverty. And those right on the edge, about 100 million, 97 million, one third of the United States population approximately are low income. That's where you get that 48% number. And if it were not that this was in the richest country in the world, perhaps it wouldn't be as stark a, 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 a reminder of the inequity. But this is the reality that we're facing. And with all of our wealth, we have not eliminated poverty. That's what's interesting. The potential is, would seem to be there that we could eliminate extreme poverty, but it hasn't happened. And it's not nowhere near happening. Uh, over 40 million children, people uh, have food insecurity in the, in the United States who, who exports food, <laughs> right? Uh, 18 million children don't know where their next meal is coming from. One in five children are in poverty. One in nine seniors, people who have worked and lived their lives, are in poverty in the richest country in the world. And so, he, so here's the, the broader implications of an economy, that the global economy, that's singularly focused on wealth. This organizing idea of an economy that should be singularly focused on generating wealth. Now, let's contrast that to this organizing idea called God's economy. Now, I don't want to suggest that it's something that I invented, but in fact, my research has uh, demonstrated. And if you're, if you're a Christian and you've read the Bible, you'll note that throughout the Bible, there have been uh, organizing principles of how God's people should live, starting with Israel. Uh, the wandering, uh, fledgling nation to be that grew from uh, uh, escaped slaves to a tribal confederacy, 12 tribes, to a kingdom. In the New Testament, Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Uh, other Old Testament writings suggest, talk about a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And, and, and uh, uh, the, the last book of the Bible uh, brings in this new idea of a new heaven and a new earth. All of them having certain ideas about how God would organize human economy. But the one that God's economy is echoed in are the words that Jesus used the most often interchangeably to describe the same thing, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And my suggestion is that God's economy or economy of God is is a 21st century way of saying the same thing that Jesus said. I often say if Jesus were to would have come in in, in 2020 as opposed to one the year one, he might have said that the economy of God is at hand. But where does that come from? The word economy is from the Greek oikonomia, which is a compound word of oikos, which means household, and nomos, which means rules. You put them together, and the word is household rules. Oikonomia means household rules, the rules of the household. So when we talk about God's economy, we're talking about God's household rules. The best way to think about that 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 word economy, uh, they used to teach something in elementary school in the United States called home economics, and in a sense, it's a uh, almost a reiterative an iterative term because household rules with home economics is like saying 
home household rules, right? But the idea was, was how to run a household. And this was back in the days when people weren't mindful of sexism. Um, in great elementary school, the girls would take home economics and the boys would take shop or something like that. Uh, and the idea was that, you know, a woman's place was in the home and the woman was supposed to learn everything that had to do with operating a household. That was a more true term way of thinking of economy. And what you notice in that definition is that it does not singularly focus on wealth generation. It is about the whole, the household, God's economy. And when the, the term household is used in the Bible, it can refer to a house, like a family, a home. It can refer to a tribe. It can refer to a whole country. So when we think of the economy of God, we think of the world and everything in it. Thanks for listening to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service, and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. The Hopeful Economics Podcast is produced by Resonate Media. In the spirit of the unconference, we'd love to invite you into the conversation. Subscribe, review, and comment on our social media channels. A special thank you to those that partnered to make the Hopeful Economics possible. 1001 Worshiping Communities, Alterna, By Social, Faith and Finance, Metcalf Foundation, United Church of Christ, Rooted Good, Toronto Neighborhood Centers, Community Innovation Hub, and learn about Resonate Media at ResonateMediaPro.com. Thanks for listening and continue to share the blessings of health and wealth with everyone.